I am talking about San Francisco. You're going to want to hear it. Stay tuned. Welcome. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. This is All Things Apostolic. And today we are talking about, we started talking about yesterday, we are talking about San Francisco, a city that I have been raised around all my life and have lived close by here as a neighboring city for the last over 40 years. So we know a little bit about San Francisco and um, we would say that it's uh, the most beautiful city and I've been many places around the world, but this is the most beautiful city, in my opinion, uh, that I have been in. Uh, it has a great history. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, not much, but a little bit. Um, we didn't talk about it in the 1930s. Uh, that's We stopped in the 1800s, but um, probably the most prominent thing that happened in the 1930s was the uh, building of the Two bridges, the Golden Gate Bridge uh, and the Oakland Bay Bridge. Both of those were built in the 1930s. And um, the construction of those bridges were, I, I don't have time today to really talk about all this, but uh, the construction of those bridges were really something. And um, remind me, and sometime I'll come back and talk about this, but uh, the, the Bay Bridge is actually now uh, about half of it is the old bridge built in 1930 and the other half has been built in the last 10 years or so and is absolutely spectacular. Uh, but the difference in the two bridges and the way they built the first one and how deep the pylons are driven and the, the second bridge and the way they built it, uh, very interesting story, too, too long for today. But um, anyway, this just gives you an example of some of the outstanding things there are. Uh, however, San Francisco has long been identified by its um, bohemian nature. Uh, all the way back, uh, a bohemian is a nonconformist. Uh, oftentimes writers are identified as bohemians, but... Um, it, in, in earlier years, it drew writers to it. Everybody from Mark Twain to Jack London and others uh, that lived there. And it became later in the 1950s, it became a place where many poets came to and um, uh, the Haight-Ashbury district a little bit after that, this now is in my day that I, these people were about my age probably, um, that the hippie counterculture took place. This was all in San Francisco. And um, that peaked in about late 1960s. Uh, and the city gained a reputation for welcoming people that were odd or different and gained a recognition and a reputation for welcoming gays and, and lesbians. And uh, it's Castro district, which we've been in and through many times, was a center of 
the beginning of the gay rights movement. And But by the 1990s, the city uh, filled with the AIDS epidemic and uh, it became very problematic. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, billions of retail dollars have moved out of the city uh, and they, uh, with some of America's biggest retailers leaving, they're still leaving, they're refusing to attempt to continue to do business in the failing city that they are in. New businesses each week are shutting down. They're shutting their doors. This, this is not an exaggeration. and This is not a condemnation. It's just an observation. The city is out of control. Law and uh, governmental grasp of basic city structures and services necessary to operate a city successfully in a sustained manner are fast decaying. Homeless people literally taking over whole areas of previously uh, thriving retail and shopping areas. Uh, human feces litters the sidewalk and and homeless people use a restroom just publicly wherever they want to. Um, uh, crime has skyrocketed. This is not an exaggeration and continues to do so morning after morning. This is how sobering this is. People who have died in the night who uh, were living on the street, people dying in the night. These aren't all just old people living on the street. The next morning they are collected and they are removed. Uh, most of them have OD'd sometime in the night, and they died of these overdoses of drugs. The whole drug culture, it's people that uh, there are there are people everywhere that <clears throat> that do not function in society and, and are incapable of contributing to society because they are fixated on this one thing, and that's the next hit, that's the next drug. Um, uh, the next shot, the, the next snort, whatever it is that they're on. And so, meanwhile, <clears throat> the city subsidizes these situations and they provide needles and they provide drugs and they, and they give stipends to help uh, these people sustain uh, their dead existence. And so, uh, the idea is if you help people on a basic survival level, then that's compassion. But you're, but you're feeding what's killing them, which is their addictions. So all of this is contradictory, and, and uh, people with all kinds of different ideas are involved in the decision-making processes that is creating these situations. Um, now, previously, we loved to go to San Francisco. It was just one of the it was one of the highlights with its spectacular beauty, as I've mentioned before, and uh, it scores hundreds of excellent restaurants. There aren't hardly any bad restaurants in San Francisco because you couldn't stay in business. Uh, 
uh, it's got world-class shopping. It had fun things to do and fun things to see. Uh, it's got the wharf, the bay, Union Square. It's got the different districts, the uh, the trolley, uh, the museums. All of this is just uh, makes for a wonderful place uh, that we could take our family and uh, or even on holidays spend several days there. But now the danger is too great to go there. There is a very good chance that your window will be broken out and the things that you have in your car or the car itself perhaps will be taken. So the healthcare crisis there is real. What has created much of the health crisis is the question, what is going on that, that, that there is a health crisis there? And what is going on that the city has all of these issues that we're talking about there? Well, there's a number of factors here. And I would say that uh, some of this is seeing the results of the bohemianism, the bohemian, the counterculture lifestyle that has been espoused and advocated in the city. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't love the people, because we do. We are, one of our basic mottos here is that we are for humans and for human life. That's a motto. We're for humans <laughs> and for human lives. So this is not about people. This is not about saying, well, I wish everybody, God just go in and kill everybody. I just wish it. No, we're for humans. There is salvation for them. I don't know about the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, about, uh, I don't know, that was a different dispensation. That was a different age. Uh, but in the day we're in, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him will not perish. That whosoever is really important. But what has bohemianism done? Well, here's what it's done. It's brought people to a fixation on the senses. Think about this. Stay with me here. It's brought people to a focus on the senses. Everything in the city goes back to the body and the five senses. And so there's nothing wrong with the five senses and there's nothing wrong with them having enjoyment. <clears throat> I mean, smelling cookies, baking, seeing beautiful works of art or beautiful scenery, sight, or beautiful people, uh, hearing beautiful music, uh, feeling joy and happiness at what you see. The, 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 uh, what would be the textilic feel of, of, of fine material or of, of uh, physical 
feeling things, being able to purchase things, that to feel them is a joy, or to see them and and uh, put your hand on them and to handle them. All of those, that's all senses, though. All of those things, uh, being stimulated by things that are noble and great and powerful and beautiful and epical, all of those things are part and parcel of what's found in the city. However, when senses rule, when senses dominate everything, I, and I think this is what has happened there. This is my answer to what has happened in that city, is that it is now showing the results of simply depending upon senses. So an example of, uh, the, the, I think, that kind of personifies, in a way, especially in San Francisco, what has brought us to this point, at least one of the things, I mean, this is maybe not the only thing, obviously, but is the objectification of sex. This is an example. This is an example. When I say the objectification of sex, I'm talking about the idea that one can take human sexual relations and isolate it as an independent object within itself with no other connections. And I am I would propose that that's not possible. The fixation on sexual relations as an end in itself. The concept that the primary purpose of sex is self-gratification. I think all of those exemplify an exaggerated and mistaken idea that comes with an overindulgence and focus on the senses. And so uh, when you look at this and you see there are consequences that are attendant to a man and a woman having sexual relations. There are consequences to that. And there are consequences of what's called same-sex relations. All of these things have consequences. And there's consequences of child abuse and of pedophilia. Um, there's a broader picture uh, like addiction to the sensual and the pleasures of the senses. Uh, it's not wrong to live and enjoy the five senses and to experience their fulfillment. You, that's not wrong to do that. However, when those things are taken out of proportion, and when they are exercised in a way that they become a fixation, then it's going to be problematic. And this is what we are seeing at this point. It is a problem when everything about humans is fixated on the senses. Anything, the sensations, that word comes from senses, Anything that uh, uh, that feeds that, when that is the primary purpose, then 
the feelings of the senses become exploited beyond normal. And the feeling of peace or joy or contentment, it goes beyond that. It, it, it wants to be sated with particular things. And so um, San Francisco was fixated and has been fixated, um, addicted to all of the uh, things of the senses with a thirst to satisfy every sensation. Uh, greatest restaurants in the world, um, uh, world-level entertainment and hotels, um, a concentration uh, that ignores family in many cases, a, na a natural and intentional uh, fashion focus that has become out of control until people are hung up to an nth degree on what they look like and what they're wearing and beginning more fantastical uh, in each thing that they do until it's become an obsession. Um, all of these things and, and profligate sex with virtually anyone uh, with no guidelines to that, understanding the consequences. Uh, there are problems with homosexuality that are sometimes just ignored. I'm talking about uh, serious social problems, uh, much less things that have to do with morals, uh, bondage. Uh, on the streets of San Francisco, I've seen women with men on a leash. I mean, this is on the streets. Uh, and the man is painted up and dressed like a dog. And so he is the pet. Uh, on the streets, we have seen, not earlier, but just the last times we were there and never went back, sadomasochism at, uh, at, at sexual street fairs, uh, right in public places. All of this is a show of extreme uh, placation, uh, attempt to placate the desires of the flesh. Now, biblically, you can't placate the desires of the flesh. The more you cater to them, the more they demand fulfillment until, the, I mean, there's nothing that exemplifies this better than drugs where people are caught in the addiction of drugs to where they'll rob their mama's purse. They'll, they'll, they'll steal stuff out of the house. They'll sell things that, that they'll give up their multi-million dollar businesses. They'll do because the drugs have taken control of their senses. And uh, when they don't have them, they feel like they're going crazy. I've watched people, I've seen people in withdrawals where they are just shaking and bouncing like they're under an electrical shock all over the table and not even conscious of what's going on. It's a, it's a horrifying scene to watch and, 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 and mumbling and uh, uh, just, just, just totally out of it. These are people, people that have been friends of mine, people, people that I know. And, uh, and I have many friends that have gone through uh, drug withdrawals and uh, and through getting off of alcohol and even nicotine and I mean I'm talking about hundreds of friends that have through the years been caught in those things. So those things are not for humans. When you accentuate when you accentuate the senses to the point that they become destructively, that's not help for humans. So somebody says, "Well, how come you're against this and how come you're against that?" Because it's not for humans.
It's not for humans, it's against humans. And so people that posture as though they are doing something for humans uh, without facing the realities. For example, AIDS, uh, even, even liberal writers will tell you that are, that, are, that are for homosexuality, which I am not. Why am I not? Because I'm for humans. And if everybody was homosexual, there wouldn't be any humans. And I'm for humans. So, so uh, you, I mean, you, you, you want to say, well, it's all religious fanaticism and so forth. We're not even talking about religion. We're talking about what's for humans and for human health. And so 70%, that's a, from a liberal figure, a liberal writer, researcher, that 70% of all HIV cases, even now today, after years of this going on, are among the homosexual community. And uh, we certainly don't rejoice in that because I've got friends that died in the Ralph Davis Memorial Hospital in Haight-Ashbury in, in downtown San Francisco, the most famous, at least in the early days, the most famous AIDS hospital in the world. And I've been there and had friends and watched them dying with over 14 um, infections in his eyes alone as he's passing away. And I'm there with him, comforting the best that we can. I know what I'm talking about. I know how this works. You're not for humans when you do things that subsidize their death. So we are seeing now this happening when it's just on a level of the individual. It's not so evident. But when you get to the point that we're at now where you're seeing it crater whole cities because people are so in able, incapable of even operating, that they're on the streets to a degree and to a population size that the, and their needs for drugs cause them to do criminal acts that the city continues to sponsor. That's not for human. That's not compassion. That's ignorance. And so businesses, multi-million dollar worldwide businesses are moving out because it's because the the, the object, objectification of the senses, I used one of sex particularly because it shows it so graphically, but the object, objectification of each sense and taking that and focusing on, fixating on that is bringing down a city. So the gospel's still right. There's something about the word sanctification where the body is treated as a temple, where it's holy, where it's the dwelling place of divine creator. There's something about that that's at the core of the survival of humans. And we are for humans. And I don't laugh at San Francisco. I weep.